0: hey guys what's up it is week 85 um first and foremost i want to let you guys know if i look a little tired a little groggy a little grumpy um I'm, I'm in the process of moving right now it's a it's a big ordeal you know with all the movies uh so there's a lot to be done and i'm going back between houses painting and tearing up carpet so Uh, yeah, I'm going to be pretty exhausted and pretty busy in the upcoming month. Uh, Also, I want to let you guys know for the Patreon supporters, you guys voted for the Animal Attacks in January. It will be coming uh, sometime in January, and the Ghoulies franchise will be coming as well. Someone picked that up, so I'll be reviewing the four Ghoulies movies. Um... Uh, I guess we'll hop right into the reviews. Uh, the first one I'll be covering is uh, Gasford Park by Robert Altman. And, you know, I know a couple Robert Altman movies. I'd like to see a lot more. This is from Arrow Academy. Uh, Robert Altman's done MASH, Nashville, um, uh, Images. I, I love Images. I think Images is a great movie, really crazy and different. And it's it's so strange to see somebody do something like Images and then make something like Gasford Park. Um, this was made in 2001, which is one of his last films. I think he made like. Uh, three films after this one, and this was one of his lighter films. Um, the cast in this movie is absolutely stunning. It takes place in 1932, and it follows this kind of rich family and their servants, and how complicated it is to live in high class, and the difference between high class and low class, and the servants, and all these things, and how complicated and complex everything is, and how stressful this kind of lifestyle is to have to live up to everything. Um, the cast in here is phenomenal, with people like Helen Mirren, Michael Gambon, Richard uh, Grant, uh, uh, Clive Owen, uh, Ryan Felipe, there's just so many people in this movie. Alan Bates, it's just the list goes on and on and on. Everybody is a familiar face, uh, Charles Dance. And and if you don't know their name, you know their face. And it's tremendously well acted and um, very complex. And it, it's a kind of a story... That you read the back, you realize it's going to be a murder mystery, and that's very intriguing. Um, And this movie is perfect at setting up what's going to happen, who these characters are, and how they're intertwined. And I knew a lot of it. Just by watching it and paying attention, I was like, oh, well, that story plays into the end. This story plays into the end, and I was like, I think this person did it and um, it's also wonderful how it handles the police officer Stephen Fry comes in and he's this he's this investigator and it's the whole kind of point of the movie is he says well I'm only want to interrogate people that are directly involved with the victim um, speaking of the high class people because a high class, high class person was murdered but he doesn't realize that these servants know the intricate details of their lives and um, it's most likely someone who is a servant who uh, would have access to everyone um, it also plays with kind of a meta approach to filmmaking because um one of the actors in the movie is, um he's actually one of the characters in the movie is a big Hollywood uh, director and he's in there. And uh, I can't think of the actor off the top of my head, but he's in a bunch of stuff involved with like Best in Show. He was in Seinfeld, but he's very hilarious. He's the sole American. so And you realize how stuffy and how, you know, Swarmy, some of these people are. Maggie Smith is in it, and she's such a horrible person. I love seeing Michael Gambon and Helen Mirren in a movie together again since the uh, the Cook, the Thief, His Wife and Her Lover, which is an excellent movie. And uh, if you watch this movie and that movie, you'll find something interesting in the movie. I think it's kind of funny, maybe not ironic, but just a coincidence. I love. Um, but this is a great movie. There's like four audio commentaries on here. There's uh, some behind the scenes uh, stuff of uh, the vintage featurettes that has interviews with a bunch of the people in there, and also it has a great um uh, you know some new stuff in here with an uh, expert on Robert Altman so he kind of runs down his career and talks about Gaspar Park how it was a bit different and stuff and I enjoyed seeing that because I'm not you know the the you know the biggest expert on Robert Altman obviously um, but I really enjoyed it this movie was uh, top notch it's just so beautiful too the set designs are great everything's perfect everything is perfect how it looks it's a, it's a, I mean as far as the fine details and I like that quite a bit I, I thought it was a tremendous movie I really recommend checking it out um, don't be fooled by if you're like oh I don't like period piece or i don't like this kind of style movie it, it's so well acted and it's intriguing and it's a great mystery to figure out and uh it's very uh every character gets his due and her due they all get their backstory and it all comes together and it's all just kind of a perfect movie and charles dances is, it's great in this too I, I don't know why i have to point him out because everybody's so good but he just stood out to me for a bit you know just love the movie
1: We know the very idea of service is offensive to you, George. Hello, I'm Morris
2: Weisman. Bought marmalade. Tell me, I call that very feeble. Brought you some coffee.
1: If I wanted coffee, I'd have run for it. Mr. Wiseman, tell us about the film
2: you're going to make. It's a detective story? Murder in the middle of the night, a lot of
1: guests for the weekend, everyone's a suspect. You know, that sort of thing. Horrid. Do you think he's
2: a murderer? It's worse than that. He's an actor. Sir, what is it? We haven't dusted those things for fingerprints yet. Good.
0: Okay, guys, the next one here is a Scandinavian horror flick called Christmas Blood. Got to watch one for Christmas, right? Um, this is from Artsploitation Films. One of the coolest labels out there because they pick up movies from all around the world. Um, I got to say something about this movie right off the bat. This movie was not particularly for me. Um, it was very blurry and very dark, and I was wondering, is there something wrong with the DVD, something wrong with the settings on my television, or something wrong with the uh, the movie in general? Um, this follows the story of a killer Santa Claus It's a little bit more complex than that. In the opening, they're going through the credits and there's newspaper clippings and you realize that the Santa Claus had killed a bunch of people over the years, people that were fo- uh, featured in like television crimes and being naughty, so this Santa Claus went around and killed a bunch of them. Uh, this whole opening takes forever, and it's like uh, Jeremy walked in and he said, what is this? Like They wanted to make three movies, but they just said, screw it, we'll just go right to the third one, and that's what it kind of felt like in a lot of ways. So what we have here is half-police procedural trying to find this killer Santa Claus, um, one one of the cops had a history with the Santa Claus, so we have that element going on. And the other half is a group of girls out to have a great party for Christmas Eve and Christmas, get drunk. And there's a bunch of drama between them. Who's cheating on, who's sleeping with who, who cares, you know. I'm a grown man. A lot of times I don't care about watching that kind of stuff. But of course the Santa Claus comes in and he starts hacking and chopping everybody. Every once in a while there's a good gore gag, there's a good kill scene. There's some nudity in here as well if I remember correctly, but I just felt that the movie uh, dragged in a lot of places. I could not stand the aesthetic look. I thought it looked off. A lot of people are like, I love the dark cinematography. I said, this is way too blurry and dark and everything is just out of focus seemingly. And it just was a drag to watch. I did not care for it in particular. There's no features on the disc. Um, I liked that the idea that there's a lot of snow because there's too many Christmas movies without snow. And this one has a lot of it. Um, it has a decent atmosphere. It's just, unfortunately you can't see much of it. Um, I just particularly don't care for this movie like I said I think that the killer is you know just a a shell he's not really anything and I don't want to say shape Uh, you guys get that reference but he's just a shell he's just boring Uh, the whole storyline between the cop and the killer just doesn't go that far Um, and nobody's particularly interesting or likable in the movie I mean like I said you don't have to be likable but you have to at least have some sort of interesting qualities for me to want to keep watching this one took me three sittings to get through Um, there is some gore there is some sex there is some nudity there is some awful rapey characters as well It's just not particularly good in any aspect for me. And I, I, you know, I think that aesthetically it would, if I could see what the hell was going on, I know visually it's there. It's just that their their choice and to make it so dark and so blurry and just so out of focus everywhere, I just don't particularly care for. I just, it it couldn't get into it. That's Christmas blood. Uh, Watch the trailer. Some people may enjoy it a lot more than me. I know it has some fans, but I'm not one of them.
2: som jag.
1: Han är inte ändra på personalen. Speciellt i juletider så är han väldigt aggressiv.
3: Han dödade gasgudden din Thomas. Han har er suttit på Ylas vind du tog han i 2009.
2: Genom min årslange specialisering som psykiater så blir jag tränad till och upplärd till att såna människor som han inte finns. Han skall inte finnas. Han är er manifestationen av rein och skär ondskap.
3: Så bara hur man väljer ut er han hot?
0: The next one here is from the MVD Marquee Collection, and this is 1996 starring Burt Reynolds, the man, Raven. And I know what you're saying, you know, this is like kind of like when Burt Reynolds is fall from the Hollywood gods, and he was just kind of doing a lot of these like TV movies or B movies. And uh Raven is the perfect HBO or Skinamax flick that you would see on uh, at that time, you know. It has Burt Reynolds in this special Raven Team 6 or whatever. They do special missions for the government. It kind of reminds me of Extreme Prejudice in that way. And uh, They get sent on this crazy suicide mission where they're supposed to get these two detonators that if you put them together, they are a very expensive uh, like some sort of nuclear device. What happens is there's a double cross and Burt Reynolds wants to take the do- detonator for himself and he ends up having a shootout with the other guy, the hero of the movie, and they separate ways. There's a plane crashes. You don't know what happens. The other guy, the hero of the film, has moved on with his life, and Burt Reynolds' body was never recovered. Uh, Meanwhile, the four people that sent these guys on the mission, they um, they want the detonators because they were going to sell them illegally on the black market. Government, corrupted officials, senators, that kind of thing. So we have a lot of spy espionage going on. We have Burt Reynolds playing a bad guy with some cheesy, fun one-liners. Burt Reynolds has charisma for days, so you can to have burt reynolds sing the alphabet and it would somehow be um intriguing to watch so burt's great in it he's fun in it uh, some of the side actors the character actors that pop up in here are good as well the thing that hurts the movie the most is the lead he's he's not particularly great and it looks like he just was kind of hired because he's kind of a bulky guy and it looks like he hired a bunch of his bulky friends to be in the movie too if you look around there's lots of uh i don't want to use the term juice heads but i use the term juice heads um so there's that going on in the movie uh, there's plenty of, there's a couple sex scenes which are pretty funny I like that they're kind of making fun of corrupt senators and politicians and stuff like that that's always fun like I said Burt Reynolds is great in here and he's, he's fun on screen every moment um, there's a really sleazy uh, private eye in the movie that anybody will recognize he has a great scene he's great in the film I, I would recommend checking this one out it doesn't have any features it looks pretty good it does have subtitles I know some of the marquee cut stuff doesn't have subtitles but uh, I enjoyed this it's a perfect late night movie get put on tv no nothing wrong with it burt reynolds is fun to watch as always um there's a great action scene in the beginning that's actually fairly well done in hd you can see some of the strings fly now and guys fly across the screen but i have no complaints about that i mean they didn't know that people were going to be seeing it in 1080p you know but uh regardless it's a lot of fun burt is the man there's some good action in here and uh It's all around. It's a fun, like, espionage, you know, kind of a risque um, action movie um, where Burt Reynolds gets a chance to chew the scenery a bit.
1: Coming from New Line Home Video. In the brutal underworld of secret government operations, he was the deadliest name in the business. You know why they took us? Because we had the best. Now he's going into business for himself. Why did he turn on us? Because he figured out that we sent him on a one-way mission. That's why. Exploding onto video cassette from New Line Home Video. Burt Reynolds, the biggest name in action, is Raven. You're crazy. I am crazy. His missions were unofficial. His tactics were unconventional. But when his own government sells him out... Nobody was gonna come out of that alive. His vengeance is inescapable. I'm gonna take out the four-star group, and I'm gonna take them out one at a time, you included. Now, the covert agent codenamed Raven is on his own. Over the edge and out for blood. Let's kick some. He's
2: going to kill us.
1: Well, way to go. Starring Burt Reynolds of Strip Tease, Sharky's Machine, and the upcoming Boogie Nights. I
2: don't have any competition.
1: Igniting high-impact espionage action in the style of Eraser and Rambo. It's Burt Reynolds, locked, loaded, and taking no prisoners in Raven. Rated R. Exclusively from New Line Home Video.
0: Okay, guys, the next one is Pet Shop from Full Moon, or Moonbeam. Uh, I did um, pre-Asteria last week, but... (laughs) Pet Shop. What can I say? This one I didn't see when it came out. And it has Teddy Kaiser, guys, from Weekend at Bernie's and From a Whisper to a Scream. Okay. We have this family who was tied to the mob. They ratted somebody out. Now they have to go into protection uh, family thing or whatever. What do they call that? I don't remember. So they move to this kind of southwestern area, the suburbs. It's a complete desolate little town. There's nothing to do there. All the houses look the same. All the shops look the same. Meanwhile, these space aliens uh, come in and they take over the local pet shop. They're kind of like cone heads with these weird eyes on there. They're very strange. They don't know how to adapt very well. They can't assimilate. It's kind of comedic. They bring in their own special pets and they obviously are up to something sinister. In the town, there's a bunch of little kids that are running around. Of course, they're going to run into the pet shop. They all get adopted a special animal. They sign a contract. We know what's going to happen with the contract. The mob's after the family. So these two elements are playing into it. It's very cheesy. It's very corny. The creatures actually look good. They're fun for the time, especially on a cheap budget. I enjoy the creatures. They're kind of cutesy. They change into regular animals. One looks just like a Furby. It makes me laugh a little bit. Terry Kaiser is the best actor in the movie. He is uh, not everybody's overacting. Everybody's chewing the scenery, but somehow he kind of brings in a reality to it. Everybody else is just so ridiculous and just so nonsensical in the movie. To be honest, a lot of the characters are very lame. I noticed it was very strange in this film. There's a, a very heavy kid in the movie obese and they have him in a bathtub scene and nobody makes any comments about him being overweight. But then there's a scene where a girl who's slightly overweight, um, is, um, meets with this boy and everybody's like, oh, she's so fat and ugly. And I'm just like, I don't understand that that concept back in the day. But back in the day, like if any girl that was slightly overweight was like ridiculed, but then like a guy that was fat, it's like, who cares? You know, in these like 90s movies, it's just, it's a staple of like the no fat chicks kind of married with children style jokes with uh, heavy chicks is in here. And it's a kid's movie and it's like, it's so weird. This is such a 90s movie. This is an ultimate 90s movie. Like there's kids wearing headphones and sideways hats and just like, it's nonsense. It's cheese. Pure cheese. Uh, there is a video zone on here which I enjoyed watching. Um, if you have a kid, they might enjoy it. Um, I don't know if it's better. It's not as good as hysteria because we don't have Stephen Lee chewing the scenery. Um, Teddy Kaiser does the best he can, but it does try to make a little statement about standing out and whatnot. And uh but uh it's not particularly great in any aspects as a kids movie it's fine it's uh the monsters like i said uh are the movie and they're not bad so check it out that interests you
3: oh this is it folks home sweet
1: home i
3: think i'm gonna be ill it's hard to be the new kid in town so who knew we were moving to cactus flats guess this is where they send all the loser families. But sometimes, all it takes to feel right at home is a new pet.
2: There, you see? boo buff loves you. Marshall, Dave said I could
3: have a dog. No way. No pets. So how come I didn't see this one in your store yesterday?
2: Well, this is a special pup. He just come in this morning.
3: And there's a strange place in town where the kids are finding, the pets are full of surprises. So why do you think the Zims gave us these pets for free? I don't know. I don't trust
1: them. Oh.
2: Oh. Geisel? Trimble, is that you? Oh. Oh. What kind of rabbit
3: are you? dreams. Now, the magic is out of this world. So far out. And the adventure is running wild. Ah! 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 Treblecorn looks terrible. This contract says that if our pets get sick, we can bring them back
0: to the pet shop and get them fixed up. Do something. Our pets are dying.
1: We can only take as many
0: pets as we leave behind. What are you talking about? Four critters for four humans. Ah! No
3: way. Nobody's making pets out of us. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Moonbeam Entertainment presents Pet Shop. Sometimes you can find a little miracle where you least expect it. See too cute or what?
0: Okay guys, the next one is a shutter exclusive. I reviewed Terrified last week, so I wanted to check out Satan's Slaves. This is an Indonesian movie, I believe. And uh, this has a history, I think this is a remake, and uh, the, I, I learned all about this on the Shockwaves podcast, I'm talking about it, highly recommend that podcast, They're a bunch of educated, whore-loving uh, uh, good guys and good girls, so check out Shockwaves, but regardless, they had talked about this being a remake, they never saw the original, so I, I really enjoyed Terrified, and I know that Shudder did a lot of great exclusives, so I wanted to watch Satan Slave, um, I put this in, and this is a, a great family drama movie about a fam- a struggling family whose mother is sick. She used to be a famous singer, and they ran out of money, so everything's kind of going to hell here. It's uh, like a like family drama. They have three kids, a grandma, and the father trying to struggle with this situation that happens here. And this movie has layers. Things keep happening where it comes back where we thought one thing was happening and it's kind of like a ghost a way but it's supernatural but then there's some other elements involving a cult similar to Hereditary which is very interesting. I don't want to talk about it too much. I don't want to spoil too much but when you peel back the layers you realize that some things aren't as they seem which is when you have these kind of revelations it becomes horrifying. It has these great mythology and I, it's something about supernatural aspects from other countries like I talked about Terrifier that are a little bit more foreign to me and a little bit more different to me and, and those cultures sometimes are are, had their superstitions don't um, they just seem much scarier and more real and more uh, like they can actually happen for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's watching, uh, being a, a strange person, watching some other people in a strange place that is strange to me that just brings me into this uh, feeling of helplessness. But those movies tend to do that and uh, Satan's Slave is perfect at that. I, I, I really love this. I thought the acting was tremendous. I thought that um, the scares in here were great, similar to Terrified, but the scares in here, there's a couple, um, people would mention the sheet, but at the end of the movie, it kind of goes full fault and I uh, I liked the movie until then and I didn't expect this stuff to happen. When it went full Fulci I um, and it reminds me like Tombs of the Blind Dead style, part of the um, you know, the story, what's gonna happen, part of the myth. I loved it so much and it was so wonderful, and it probably came right up to one of my favorite movies of the year because of that stuff. Um, but I, I want to tell everybody the scene, but I'm just gonna let you guys see it for yourself. It's at the end. It's wonderful. I love the cemetery outside their house. It's very spooky. The idea that the last family member to walk 40 steps away from a buried person's grave, that the person will get up. Just stuff like that. I love that kind of creepy stuff. And it's funny because I'm not big into like a lot of the supernatural and um, ghost stories of American movies. But this isn't that. It's different. It has a lot of Elements. And when there is some violent scenes in here, but it's not like an all-out gore fest, similar to Terrified. When the violence happens, it is graphic, it is harsh, and it is brutal, and it's horrible and kind of tragic in the same way. But I would really recommend checking out Satan Slave. Uh, lots of twists and turns, and a genuinely great scary movie that I love seeing.
2: Tony, ya bu rambut ibu, kenapa?
1: Ibu! La ilaha illallah La ilaha illallah La ilaha illallah
2: Buni sama Ian, boleh pindah kamar gak? Dari luar jendela kelihatan areal perkuburan Di kuburan kan cuma ada orang mati Tapi orang mati gak bahaya.
1: Memang itu Ibu, kita bilang sama dia supaya gak ganggu kita lagi.
0: Hey guys the next one is the VHS Voyage and this is from 1995 from the director of Ghoulies this is the granny um, what tape is this this is from a Warner Vision Films okay I had never seen this one it has Stella Stevens from the Pallad ba- of Cable Hogue in it um, yeah Okay, let's get into this. This is 1995. This is Dead Heart and the 90s horror movies. Remember all those weird 90s horror movies that came out? Yeah, like Ed and His Dead Mother. That might have been 89, but just tons. of Maybe 93. I can't remember, but all those late 80s, early 90s, off-the-wall bonkers, silly stuff that was getting made before Scream came out and uh, redefined the horror genre. Um, not not trying to be a dick, but that's what they always say. They redefined the horror genre. That's just a that generic term that you know, lots of big movies are said to have done, but this movie is nonsense. Um, Oh, how do I get to this? Stella Stevens plays a bitter old battle axe of a woman who has a lot of money. Her family hates her. She hates her family. Her family are monsters. They're horrible, horrible people. She likes one person in her family, a niece. Oh, no, actually, her granddaughter that takes care of her. And uh, they say she's super ugly. It's that thing from the 90s. Oh, look how ugly this girl is. She's gorgeous. I don't know what they're talking about. Or at the very least, normal. (laughs) Um, The family comes in over for uh, Thanksgiving, and they want to kill Stella Stevens so they can inherit the money because they... Messed with the will. Um, Stella Stevens' character, Granny, is always trying to find this uh, elixir of life, this way to live forever. And uh, there's a strange, uh, played, uh, this strange played, this uh, strange kind of witch doctor guy who's played by the film's director, who has this kind of s- uh, serum that he gives her. But she must follow the rules, or things will go wrong. Of course, Granny's dying. She takes the serum. She doesn't follow the rules. Um, and she comes back as a weird supernatural Freddy Krueger slasher type character that can bring back her, after she kills somebody, she can bring them back to do her bidding. It's bonkers. It's off the wall. Uh, there's some other things in here. In the opening, it has Patrick Kilpatrick's with I Love Sing and that kind of exorcist-style scene. There is some nudity in here. There is some gore in here. There's some over-the-top kills. The family is nonsensical, ridiculous. Um, I really kind of enjoyed this one. There's good gore gags. There's really stupid things happening. There's bonkers off-the-wall stuff, people getting just desserts, like the plastic surgeon gets tied up in the plastic surgeon chair and cut up. Uh, The lady who loves the furs gets covered in the furs and something happens to her, stuff like that and I want to say at the very end it goes off the rails even further and a puppet character comes into it that looks just like the puppet character from uh, Playroom by Manny Cotto so I I just almost died, this movie's not to be taken seriously, it's completely over the top it's completely stupid, but it's a very a very much a fun endeavor and I would recommend checking out The Granny if you like this kind of nonsense, 1995 there's another Granny, I think in the late 90s, early 2000s, don't watch that one I've never seen that one, I heard it's bad, but you gotta see the 1995, Being Granny favorite can be murder yes but love it um uh good stuff very fun very silly
2: its power was foretold now it has come to this house can you not feel its power To this woman. He gave me that bottle, said it would bring me eternal life. She is the matriarch. All of you are just waiting
1: for me to die.
2: The head of a family that prays for her death.
1: This family is cursed with greed.
2: Today, they're getting their wish. Ready! For her children, the champagne will flow. And the party begins. Hey, a yeah. toast to my dearly departed mother. But the vengeance might never end. What was that? Randy! Ah! Uh, uh, Who is it, Kelly? It's a trap! Where is
0: everybody? You won't like the wind.
2: How do you fight her?
1: What is this?
2: How do you escape her? Stay right here. How do you stop a family of the undead? This is my fight.
1: (laughs) The bitch is back.
2: Stella Stevens. (laughs) Glad you could join us. Shannon Wary. The
0: Granny, the
2: Shocker
0: of the Year. Okay, guys, the Pick a Movie is Moby is. Um, I thought I, I could have swore I had a copy of this, but I didn't. But I ordered one. It's a Korean film. It's a silent movie. I think it came out a few years back. This is one of the most bonkers movies I've ever seen. Like, I was watching it. I just said that about the Granny. But 10 minutes in, and I was already disturbed. Uh, it's completely silent. It's told without any dialogue. It, there's there's noises but it's dialogue free which kind of amazed me this is uh the most twisted family drama i've ever seen and if you look at it uh in a one sentence kind of thing it's um lots of people suffer over a penis and that's all i'm gonna say about it but i'm gonna set up the very opening of the film so slight spoilers a uh, husband is cheating on his wife. The wife tries to do something that the husband doesn't work, decides to take it out on the son. That causes this, uh, you know, c- uh, catalytic horrible set of uh, tragedies that are really nasty. And uh, the, I felt so disgusted in the beginning because the worst thing you can do to somebody is if somebody makes you mad, take it out on somebody else. And uh, ever, a lot of people do it to a lesser extent be rude, but to, to do this kind of extremity to somebody over that, it's just repulsive to me. And it, it becomes very strange with all these weird sexual things that are happening. And I can't believe they told this story without any dialogue. It's such an interesting, weird story. Uh, and it involves so many dark things like suicide and rape and castration and prison and um just violence and all sorts of things and it it, it ends in a little strange note but i have to say this movie kind of blew me away in a lot of ways that it was very disturbing and very well made and also completely silent and i can't believe they told this complex story without any dialogue because so many things happen and it shows that you know film can be a visual thing only in a way and still be successful and still be um you know a, a great story, without having to dump all this information on you, you can show them, instead of tell them and uh, I think a lot of movies could learn from this in a way, you know, showing over telling is always something special with filmmaking um, and this movie it just does that very well, well acted very disturbing, very different and uh, just completely bonkers I don't want to spoil it too much, but I would recommend checking out Mobius, from uh, it was from Ram Pictures I believe I think the blu rays out of print, DVDs runs a little expensive, but it is very cheap to rent on Vudu, or buy even it's Mobius.
2: Slide
0: Okay guys, we're going to get into the pick-a-movie drawing. Neil Robeson picked Horseman last week, so let's see what we got. See, if you ever want a movie pick now, you have to do the Patreon, but there's still a couple spots open for the pick-a-movie deal on Patreon. We have David Bryant, so let me know, buddy. This bag is getting slimmer, so... I guess we will hop into the questions. Uh, Nick Mua, you said you struggle with unusual names. Would you pay money for an app that helps you pronouncing said names? I don't know if I'd pay money. I really just need to hear the names pronounced out loud correctly by someone else before I can you know, understand what they actually are. A lot of those names like you know, Italian names and uh, Chinese names and Japanese names, stuff like that. How do you feel about horror films about social media, i.e. friend requests, unfended, don't hang up? Do they have an actual message, or are they just silly entertainment? Will they still be relevant years from now? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, they'll be dated, no doubt, because people will be like, "Nobody uses that anymore." Yada yada yada, like an old flip phone or something like that. They'll never be timeless. Obviously, that's uh, films about technology can usually not be timeless unless they're future technology, and for some reason they predict it correctly. But uh, friend request, I have not seen unfriended. You know, it could be a message about bullying. I understand that, but um that's a thing that never will probably stop and no matter what people do so but unfriended uh i've seen that one i don't know if they'll be relevant they will won't be timeless they could still be relevant would you care to share a mr Parker holiday tradition eat a lot of food that's about all i do james grimmer when you find out that a movie is divisive uh does that increase your interest in seeing it do you ever feel that controversy is a good thing for a movie to have? Uh, sometimes. It depends the movie. Um, but other times, you know, if it becomes like this, you, sometimes you hear so much about a movie you feel like it's been spoiled for you. And if they're talking about it a lot, people disagree. people. But sometimes I, I do get intrigued. I'm trying to think of a movie that was recent. Like uh, The Witch, I did see pretty soon when it came out and and it follows, and uh, Hereditary I saw fairly quick, so I never got that reaction to him. But I, I wanted to see Suspiria. I would have seen it if everybody said it was terrible. I was just interested in it. So I don't know. I I mostly just have to hear some some people I trust say it's good to check it out, but I'll, I'll try to check out almost everything for myself anyways. Uh, do you feel that controversy is a good thing for a movie to have? Sometimes, yes, like Cannibal Holocaust, and uh, you know that movie lives in infamy and will never be forgotten, and a lot of that is due to its controversy. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, um, but also something like that, that title can follow it around, and what happened can follow it around forever, and people always look at it to a certain extent as like just exploitation trash, but although they will never forget it. So, it depends what you're looking for. Old answers. Um, The most iconic scenes. These ones came in late. Tempo Tapas. The alien abduction UFO scene from Fire in the Sky. It looks natural and seems realistic, which makes it horrifying. Two, the scene in Persona, wherein the main character turns towards the rest of the film crew, revealing the artificial nature of cinema. Very cool. And the answers to the new question were: What are some of your favorite animal attacks films? Uh, Nick Mua, when animals attack, you gotta love those movies. Uh, um, Hitchcock's Birds comes to mind; still frightens me. Frightens me still. Greg McLean's Rogue. Now there's a killer croc for you. That is a cool movie. So is Birds, obviously. Not a real animal per se, but the original King Kong, masterful. It's quite campy at times, but I've always appreciated Stephen Somber's Deep Rising. The Otilla Family, instant classic. Yeah, Deep Rising is cool. Finally, Brett Simmons, Animal. He also directed The Monkees, 2003, and House, 2011. Standard on no beastie attacks film, but I enjoyed it immensely. I would say Animal's more of a creature feature than a. Um, Deep Rising, I could see as a giant octopus, but I would say Animal's a, a, a creature feature. Uh, James Grimmer. As for my favorite Animal Attacks movies, Abominable is a standout when it comes to Bigfoot movies. Dog Soldiers is one that I always enjoy, so perhaps that one you'll review. If open water counts, that one is effective offering that is the more believable since it's based on true story. The remake of Willard is excellent with a role, role that you can tell Crispin Glover was more than happy to take on. I really, really need to see the remake of Willard. Because I love the old Willard with Bruce Davidson and Orvis Board 9. I, I even like Ben quite a bit. You no, know, So I'll have to see the remake. Uh, Peek and Oboe. Grey. The Liam Nielsen movie. All male cast and amazing scenery. And gotta love Mr. Neeson. Shockma. I actually hate this, but it's only because I am scared shitless for baboons, since they can become so angry they can actually die of a heart attack. Big bad, big bad uh, wolf. I I don't. I think that's a misprint there. It says big bad wold. I think that's under. uh, Since it mixes paranoia, horror, and comedy in an entertaining way, I'm not sure what that movie is. I don't know if there's a misspelling or what. In the Shadow of the Kilimanjaro. Once again, these crazy baboons, based on a true story, where 90,000 starving baboons attacks attacked a village. And Peter Engelin, Favor Animal Attacks, Opening Scene in Jaws, Doberman Dogs and the Boys from Brazil, Alligator Attacks at the Party, Hunting Dogs Attack in Southern Comfort, The Bear in Quest for Fire, Quest for Fire, and Cujo. It's a good list, guys. Um, I want to ask you the new question of the week. It is, if time, money, and space didn't matter, how would you display your movie collection? Would you put it on shelves? Would you put it on video walls? I just want to know, how would you display your movie collection if money, time, and space were not an issue? Uh, I guess we'll hop into the update now. All right, guys, let's hop into the update. Uh, the first one is The Wild Eye from Scorpion Films. I wanted to see this one because it looked like a precursor to Cannibal Holocaust maybe, kind of making fun of the Bondo filmmakers and it looked very interesting to me. He used a camera like well, Like most men use a woman. <laughs> That's so crazy. But um, yeah, this looks very interesting to me. It looked very good. And Screen Archives had a nice little sale going on, so boom i get that out of the way. Then we have Gurley, which I think I did see. This is an AK name, like Mommy, Daddy, Brother, Mumsy, Gurley, or something like that. I did see this, I think, years ago. I think Freddie Francis did this one. This is a Scorpion release as well. Um, Freddie Francis did tons of the Hammer, Amicus stuff, that kind of British filmmaker. Very prolific, so... Uh, Night Child, um, who did this one? It was a, kind of a famous Italian horror director. Not seen this one, but Richard Johnson did it. My boy, Richard Johnson, guys, from Zombie. Um, but yeah, regardless, want to check this one out. Um, Night Child might be an exorcist clone from uh, Code Red. Then we have The Fifth Floor. This looked really interesting, like a penitentiary movie, wrongfully in prison penitentiary. Bo Hopkins, Robert England, Mel Ferreira. Come on, looks cool. I like prison movies, like penitentiary movies. So yeah, Code Red. Then we have The Glass House. This is from a Kino Scorpion. This is a, um, a prison movie, and it's got a great cast. Clue Gilger's in it. Love Clue. Um, very interesting-looking stuff here. Looks like it's got a nice little cast, like I said. And looks interesting, The Glass House. We have Grey Lady Down. Um, I, I don't know much about this. This is a... Um, uh, Screen Factory release, but it's got a nice cast. Love seeing Stacy Keach and uh, Charlton Heston, David Carradine. Like that. Very cool. Love Stacy Keach. Cool man. Um, we have Colors, directed by Dennis Hopper, starring uh, Robert Duvall and Sean Penn. Never seen this one. Had the DVD for years. Probably never even opened it, but yeah, wanted to check this one out. Love Dennis Hopper. so. We have uh, action adventure, hot girls double feature, Code, uh, so code Seven, Victim Five, and Mozambique. I don't know, but uh, this was pretty cheap on um, Hamilton. One of the only Blue Underground Blu-rays I needed, so double feature here. Uh, not, I don't know much about these movies at all, but you know, grabbed them. Then we have the remake of Carrie. It was dirt cheap. I have the original Carrie. I have the Rage Carrie Two, and the TV remake. So I figured, you know, why not for $3 brand new? Why not get the remake, guys? Carry. And we got The Reflecting Skin. Uh, I believe this is a Canadian release. This is an excellent movie. Um, uh, who did this one? Philip Ridley or something like that is his name? It's been a long time since I watched this one, but I remember it being just a wonderful movie. Very disturbing, very dark. We have Snowflake from Artsploitation Films. Not had a chance to watch this, obviously, but Looks interesting, not too sure. Like I said, I like exploitation quite a bit, so why not? Then we have Kills on Wheels. This looks like a pretty interesting one from Kino. Uh, I think it's a foreign movie. I don't know. Anybody killing people in a wheelchair sounds interesting enough to me. And we have uh, "Horror of Dracula from Warner Archive. Um, yep, Christopher Lee, the first Dracula from Hammer. Peter Cushing. Love that it got a stateside Blu ray. And then we have from Warner Archive as well Big Wednesday by John Milius. Uh, great movie. Gary Busey, uh, Jan Michael Vincent, William Cat, a uh, bunch of other people pop up in here. Uh, Red Brown, Robert England, Joe Spinell. Cool movie. Cool movie. Recommend checking it out. And finally, we have a DVD, Housewife. Um, By the director of Baskin, which I adore. I think it's a great movie, so I really wanted to check this one out. I'm sure I'll love it, too. But uh, back to the video, guys. Hey, guys, I just want to remind you that there is a Patreon if you're interested. If you like the show, if you want to get me to do something special, check out the Patreon. There's a link below. There's a bunch of tiers. Just let me know. But anyways, thank you very much for watching, guys. And as always, you guys have a good one.
2: Mm.